Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. This is episode number 585. And this week we are looking at Bluteo headphones. They are fantastic. And we've got our buddy, the dummy head, the binaural audio recording system. He's going to let us know how those sound. We're going to give it a little test as well. We've got a great show planned for you. Stick around. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Our live recordings are trusted only to solid-state drives by Kingston Technology. Revive your computer with improved performance and reliability over traditional hard drives with Kingston SSDs. Category 5 TV streams live with Telestream Wirecast and Nimble Streamer. Tune in every week on Roku, Kodi, Plex, and other HLS video players. For local showtimes, visit Category5.tv. Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN and the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. Cat5.tv slash IAIB. We have way too much fun. <laughs> that is way too much fun here at Category. That's why I come back every week. Is that why? Just to have fun. Yeah? This is yeah. only your second week on. You've been, you've been <laughs> away <laughs> no fun a couple of weeks ago. We've been like, where's Jeff? Every week. It's like I an know. ab workout. It's so much fun. I would never miss it. And, but it's good to have you back. I'm glad to be back. Two weeks in a row, I feel like yes. I'm on a streak. Mm, I'm Robbie, uh, a.k.a. Bald Nerd. I'm Sasha. No AKA, no AKA, I guess. All right, just yeah, Sasha. Just Sasha. Right, Jeff. Like Madonna. I'm Jeff, a.k.a. Ginger Ninja. Oh, oh, oh I, I need a thing. I hear the girls are saying you're cute. Just the right. one. Just the one. <laughs> and your wife, I own. I mean, and my wife. Maybe <laughs> That's two. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hope everybody's having a wonderful week so far. Nice to have you here. We've got a great show planned for you tonight. And uh, we actually have another set of headphones that we're going to be looking at. Love headphones. Uh, taking uh, another approach tonight, we're actually each going to get to try these headphones to give Sweet. our kind of reaction to how these Bluteo um, T-monitors sound. I'm excited about these because I'm I'm really keen on uh, on how they look and feel. Okay. Mm-hmm. What have you guys been up to? Anything in the tech news in your life this week? In my life? Yeah. Um. Nothing. <laughs> of note, except that all. I broke Discord on my computer. Okay. Well, that's we're all. Learning that. we're that's learning. I'm learning that, I, and I will get it fixed. I know that it was me. So, well. <laughs> I suspect that it was me. I say it shouldn't be that easy to break something. You've only had um, cloud ready for uh, a couple weeks now. Yes. And, and I love it. Yeah. Okay. Except I don't know that it's a cloud ready issue. It I might don't be think a, so. Like, a, like Chromium or maybe yeah. something up with Discord. I just went and done something to it. Mm. So I don't know. We'll play around with it after the show yeah. or something. We'll figure but it out. I, I think that we need to get to the point where computers just work. You're talking tonight on the on the newsroom segment about how Microsoft pushed out a new patch and it actually broke That's their devices. Their own computers. I know. Their stuff. The I, Microsoft yeah. manufactured system. Right. So I obviously am not the worst out there. No. <laughs> so when people say like, hey, well, you know, Linux is so buggy because you know, you're having trouble with Discord. Right. I, I feel like at the end of the day, the problem with tech is people. Uh-huh. He's putting the blame on you, Sash. <laughs> That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. I'm, I'm get, I'm and then he's like, he, he talks like this, and he's like, like why are you slouching so much? As I'm like <laughs> slowly <laughs> deflating. No, but I think in general, people are the ones that screw up the text. It's, like, yeah. If, oh, sure. If, like, if we just did what we were supposed to, like reading the manual. Uh, you know. <laughs> or like, hey, <laughs> I have antivirus. Better. How come I got ransomware? Exactly. Did you turn it on? Did you click on the? Did you authorize that person to remote into your computer that claimed they were Microsoft? Did you open up RDP on your computer and make it accessible to the world? I've reminded, you, I've reminded you of something. You yeah. did. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. I hate, like, despise with a passion those bot crawlers that will hit your website, steal your information, and then flip you emails like they're real mm -hmm. people. Right. So an organization I deal, uh, deal with put our website live on Thursday. Yes. Since that time, we have been inundated with this kind of stuff, mm -hmm. some of which are so sophisticated that I got an email from another person within the organization who said, hey, I need you to take care of this right now. Can you flip it to this information? Mm -hmm. And it was something that I knew the person would never ask for, but it pulled information directly from our website. And I was like... Oh my gosh! 
It's smart. And, and to take it one step wow. further, Jeff, some of these bots will actually follow links from your mm-hmm. website to other websites that you link to. Yep. You don't think anything of that. Right. But do you link to your suppliers or your vendor right. partners if you're in business? Uh. Absolutely. Like we link to ESET, mm-hmm. obviously. So if ESET head office got an email that looked like it was coming from Robbie Ferguson, they would possibly, I mean, they're, they're genius when it comes to security, so they'd never fall for yeah. it. But understand the scenario. It crawls my website, gets my name, and then goes out to their website because I've got a link to their website, gets all their information, mashes it all up. It uses possibly machine learning and artificial intelligence at this point to make mm-hmm. it into to make those connections, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And what happens if that rep gets an email that looks like it's from Robbie Ferguson and says, "Hey, I need you to put through that order for such and such." Yeah. Mm. Well, we got one like that with uh, our web domain renewal. It's due at the end of the well, month. Well, there are a lot of those. Yeah. So because got- who is is public record. Yes. I don't know if exactly. you guys noticed that. It, it, it read the who is information, yeah. knew that we were up for renewal, but the best part was it didn't go to the email that was registered for the who is. It sent it to another person who has login access to the site Oh. and sent really? them an email saying, you need to update. Here's the link. And mm-hmm. so they flipped it to me saying, can you take care of this? Because I'm the web guy. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not legit. She's like, no, but our site's going to go down in the next 24 hours. You got to pay. I'm like, it's not. <laughs> it was crazy. My who is, even though who is itself is, is public record, interesting to note that mine says redacted for privacy. Mm. That's cool. This is category5.tv. But if you do a who is on any website, and I'm using domaintools.com, um, I don't know. Let's try google.com and see what comes up. So in the public record for that domain, um, it shows me, now let's verify that I'm obviously not a robot. <laughs> this, is, this is, service will use reCAPTCHA, but uh, keep in mind, because who is is public record, you can just type who is at the command prompt right. on a Linux system and script the whole process, and there's no, I am not a robot. Um, so does this tell us any information? I mean, Google is Google, right? But it shows that it's Google LLC. Can you think of an example? Man, I don't even want to do it. But who is is like when you register a domain, a .com, .ca, .co.uk, whatever you register, you enter your contact information. Mm-hmm. It goes into public record, and then you get spam. Yep. You get there's um, what we call I think it's called the CA registrar. Oh yeah, I think they call yep. themselves. Yeah, if they you've keep, got a if you've got a .ca website, if you have a .ca website, it spiders through all the .ca websites gets the contact information and they actually print physical printout invoices and it looks completely official. It's got like government stamp on it and mm-hmm. everything. Oh. And it's it's called like the CA Registrar of Canada or something like that. And it says unless you unless you fill in this um, credit card information, your domain is is going to um, be discarded or you right. know, it's whatever. And tricks so many people into it. Oh, it's way more sophisticated than this is Canada Revenue Agency. And, and, that's still, and that. the people fall for, for that. Arrest. That's a big thing right I know. Now. I just saw that they arrested another like 100 people in India over it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it could be anywhere. Oh, but yeah. Hey, it says the EU laws um, forced who is to hide data in, well, the We're EU. starting to get like GDPR yeah. is making an impact on the public record of who is data. And that's yeah. absolutely true. Mm-hmm. And that's fantastic. Maybe that's it. why my domain now says hidden for privacy reasons. So right. My, my registrar has already taken that initiative. Oh, that'd be cool. Um, because they, they need to. Hmm. But that's a big problem here in Canada. I mm-hmm. don't know if that's going to impact .ca domains right away. Ooh, uh, CIRA is the governing body over that, but we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah. Lots of good stuff. What's new in your tech world? That was it. That's it? <laughs> Other than uh, I'm doing repairs on a dryer. It's not really like hey, you know what? It's, uh, it's not yeah. computer tech, but I find that there is a real satisfaction in taking apart my dryer. Oh yeah, finding the the grapple grommet that needs replacing. Yep, and doing the work. It's a heck of a lot of work. Well, it, well I that's what I thought. Mm. Uh, so over the last year, we've had the uh, thermal fuse go three times on our dryer. Twice for me. And I'm like, oh. what is? Why is this? Because they're like, oh, check to make it's overheating. Something's clearly blocked. 
so we've replaced the pipes, which were right. clean to begin with anyway, but mm. I was like, eh, it's a $6 replacement. Who cares? Yeah, and yeah, I replaced yeah. that stupid thermal fuse three times now, and I'm like, this is driving me nuts. Yes. Because I replaced it two weeks ago, and now it's blown again a week later. I'm mm -hmm. like, what am I going to do? So I started looking into it, and it turns out I've got a bad thermostat. The thermostat within the dryer mm. is cr it, uh, corrupt. It's not corrupt. But something's gone haywire within it, and so it's not regulating the temperature in the dryer, okay. so oh, it's overheating, going yeah. beyond the 150, and then the, and then the thermal fuse is popping. Right. So here oh. I am spending this money to replace the thermal mm. fuse when it's been the thermostat the whole time. Okay. So is the fuse a little easier to access? Uh, or you got to really take... You gotta gut it. I've had to gut my dryer twice. No, it's pretty easy. So I, I take the top off, I take the electrical panel off, then I mm -hmm. pull the front off, so then I can see like the inside of the drum, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then I can get in behind. Mm -hmm. And then it's just a piece that I slide out, and you've got the that's um, like the coils. Yeah, it's got yeah. the coil, the thermostat, and the thermal fuse attached to it. Okay. And it's really easy to replace. I could do mm -hmm. the entire job, have my dryer dismantled and reassembled within like seven minutes. No. Wow. Oh, I envy you, man. My yeah, dryer is brutal for that. That's real it's quick. a lot of work. I've got like a Kenmore with the computer touch panel on it and everything. Yeah, and mine too. Really? And it's brutal to, maybe I'm doing it, I'm, I'm opening it from the wrong side. You know what? Maybe. <laughs> maybe, Jeff, you should go over to Robbie's house and yeah, show me how to do just this. Just for seven minutes. But I've had yeah. that, that thermal um, device, the, the sensor, go twice. And the yep. second time, I'm like, why is it going a second time? And then it turned out that my coil had a crack in it. Mm -hmm. So it was okay. like, it, mm -hmm. at that point, was generating too much heat or right. whatever at the break. So, so I had to replace that unit. But replacing it myself, I didn't have to replace the dryer. Yep. Didn't have to go through all that stuff. And, you know, oh, yeah. It was really and when, good to when be When you to. buy the parts, like, from a, a retail establishment sure. that sells them, yeah. can get quite costly. Like, just the thermal fuse oh. is 35 bucks each. I found an really? entire kit for the coil, the fuse, and the thermostat for 35 bucks on Amazon. No. Oh. I'm like, are oh, you sweet. kidding me? I've only shopped locally for that kind of thing. Yeah. So, cool. And I, I just purchased the other day another thermostat and two, ther two thermal fuses. Total bill is 26 bucks. Wow. I, I'm like, ah, yeah, this is easy. Yeah, I and should, you do the labor yourself. I so. should look at that because the printer at my work, is it, it's flashing an error that the maintenance kit needs replaced. That's the drum unit. So it's a laser printer. Yeah. Right. So the laser printer, it... It superheats to dry the toner right. as it goes as it goes through. So it, your maintenance kit is like the the drum unit. The cost of it the when fuser I assembly right. Was. So I called the company and I I just oh, was crazy price like three hundred dollars no, and I, I feel like you can buy a printer for three hundred. I generally yeah. found replacement printer parts are about twenty five cents on the dollar compared to buying it from the manufacturer if you buy them online. Right. So maybe I'll mm -hmm. check online and see if I can get a quote. And yeah. keep in mind when you buy a printer, so you think you're getting a better deal to buy a printer because they're so cheap. Mm. When you buy a printer, typically they come with low yield components. Yes. Right. I'm not saying I want to buy a new printer. I just also right. don't want to buy a three hundred dollar replacement but part. But I want you to yes. I want you to understand that. When you buy a printer, it has low yield components. So okay. they may be rated for ten thousand prints. Yeah. Right. Okay? When you buy the replacement, it's going to be a high yield component. Make sure it is. Don't oh, buy okay. the low yield. And it may be worth it may do sixty to ninety thousand prints. Or right. like the ratio is like that. I don't yeah. know the okay. actual numbers, but so you get the high yield components and you're actually getting a lot more value to get those high yield components. Are you speaking in giggles right now? No, he's speaking legit. Yeah. No, but one thing no. I will tell you, and value for the dollar, Jeff. <laughs> I don't think we were quite uh, you know, planning on talking printers, but uh, when it comes to those yields, one thing that a lot of people don't realize is like, oh, it's like 10,000 pages. It's not 10,000 pages. It's generally 10,000 one lines. When they kind of get you that way, don't they? They do. They're like, oh, yeah. the yield is 10,000. Well, that, but that's 10,000 single lines And then you printed a black picture over and over again 500 times. You exactly. Your bum. And the whole thing's gone. <laughs> it's like, what? What happened? That's not 10,000. But yeah, that's, that's why. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So especially like, if you go to buy a new, say, laser to uh, black and white printer, it'll say like, oh, you know, you can get 1,500 uh, pages out of the, the starter toner. And you yeah. print three and you're like, what happened? Yeah. But that's why, because they're like one line of all periods. It's based upon, well, it's based upon a page with 40% coverage. Right, exactly. Something like that. Yeah. So as soon as you start printing some photos, you're done. Yes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Interesting facts here on Category 5 this <laughs> sure. week. And uh, hey, I hope that you'll join us on our website, Category5.tv. 
we're in the thick of like the Christmas shopping season. It's a time of year where um, those of us who celebrate, it's a great time for like we get the kids the things that they need and we spoil them a little bit. But one of the great ways that you can support Category 5 TV is by um, doing your shopping through our partner links. And it's mm-hmm. just as simple as going to Category5.tv, clicking on support us, and you'll see our uh, shop with our partners. And by doing that, you're shopping on Amazon, eBay, GearBest, Banggood. Think Geek. All of these great partners. You've had a look through our partner list recently. Yes. There's a lot of cool there stuff. There is a lot of stuff. And when you're shopping by clicking on the links on right. our website, it actually supports the show. Exactly. So we appreciate everyone who's been doing that, and we would encourage you to please continue doing that. Um, and I ask that, whether whether you celebrate Christmas or not, or whether you, you shop or not, anytime you're shopping online, it's a really cool way to support mm-hmm. Category 5 sure. TV. It makes a difference for us. And this time of year, I have to ask, because we are volunteers here, but we've got to keep the bills paid. Um, we pay rent every single month for our beautiful studio space here. Uh, we're trying really, really hard to take things to the next level. We've got things like I've set Sasha up with her very own camera tonight. There are things that we want to do in the new year and we really want Category 5 to be as strong as possible. We don't take a paycheck here. We're all volunteers and uh, and you're supporting us in that way um, through the various ways that you can support Category 5. Just makes us strong, makes us able to do those things and makes us able to uh, create a show that's as good as possible Mm -hmm. for you where we can jabberwocky about printers and random things and we learn something along the way, I think. So. Yep. Tonight, uh, we've actually got a really cool set of headphones we're going to be taking a look at. We've got to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be testing those and seeing how good they sound. Can they sound good? They're not very expensive, Jeff. Okay. Stick around. Whether you shop on ThinkGeek, GearBest, B&H Photo Video, eBay, or Amazon, or even if you want a free trial of Audible, you'll find the best deals and support the shows we produce by simply visiting the shopping sites you already frequent by using the links on our website. Visit Category5.tv slash partners for the full and ever-growing list and help us create more free content like this show. Thank you for shopping with our partners, and thank you for watching. Welcome back. Okay, we had a set of Power Locus headphones on the show a while yes. back. You remember yeah. the episode. I do, yeah. That, that was, was a blast. It was a lot of fun. And when you do a review of something and it goes over well and we sold a whole bunch of them, what happens? Somebody else comes along and says, hey, review us. Exactly. And that's where Bluteo comes in. I like it. I'm really kind of excited about these ones, though, because they look like they are super comfortable. I love okay. to wear my headphones for an extended time. Okay. I um, listen to music while I'm producing video, um, just kind of dim it down. Sometimes mm-hmm. I crank it up if I'm doing cleaning around the house or whatever. Right. Um, so these ones, um, we're, we're just going to get right into the box, and we're going to give them a test. And we've got our buddy here, Mr. Binaural Dummy Head. Uh, we're going to put the headphones on him, and you're going to be able to hear how... Uh, how we hear it as well. Okay. Um, so let's get right into the box, Jeff. Sasha, these are the Bluteo um, T monitors, and you can get these on GearBest, cat5.tv slash GearBest. I've also got a quick link for you that will take you right to this particular product. It's cat5.tv slash Bluteo, and it's spelt exactly as you see there and at the bottom of your screen. Let's jump into the box. There was a piece of... <laughs> <laughs> paper there all right yeah you got a piece of paper we got the headphones all right i got cat five yellow sweet it matches your coffee cup sasha yellow is my favorite color so how do you like these These am i right yeah am i right okay uh looks like awfully simple we've got a usb charge cable here uh oh and that's usb c and we've got instructions, and I imagine that's pretty straightforward. That's it. Yeah. That's all that's in the box. So you know, it's funny. You know, I'm going to read the instructions. Yeah, I, the two, you're going to be like, "Hey, how Jeff, does this thing work?" I'm I totally thought you, that. Uh, I'm like, could you I, toss I hand those. those to you? Sure. You're our instruction guy. You toss them in the right direction. All right. <laughs> First uh, thing I want to do here. I mean, it's it's really simple to to show you folks. 
something like headphones. A couple of things that I noticed out of the box now. I, I haven't really used these yet. Uh, there's a lot of good, like it feels like it's metal. Like, oh, okay. look at that. Like, these are not like a cheap plastic, even though the cost is not, is not uh, a lot at all. I'm going to show you that in just a couple of moments. Really nice supple cushions. Um, mm-hmm. They feel like a, like a leatherette or something like that. There's fabric on the insides. So they, they look like they're going to be really good for sound isolation and very comfortable as well. I don't see any controls on this side. There's nothing at all over here. Uh, no USB input, nothing like that. Looks like everything is on this side. So it's on oh, your, okay. looks like the, the right side head, no, left side headphone. Um, so we've got power here and we've got volume here. And presumably Jeff is looking over the manual. There's probably some other controls uh, by holding various buttons. Yeah, and then the we've uh, got USB-C. The top one is a multifunction bu- button. Oh, is it? Yeah, it does some really cool stuff. Well, I noticed that there's also a microphone here, too. Yeah. So um, we can presumably, once we've got the power on, I can tap that, and it's got a microphone so I can make phone calls. See that little hole there? Um, and you can also control things like uh, your Google Assistant. Yep. Things like oh, that. Oh, that's perfect. You know what's cool? What's this cool? is an EQ feature. You can adjust the EQs. How do you do that? Through the multifunction button. So the top button again, the power button? Yeah, press the EQ button once to change EQ to adjust music performance. So it goes through different types of EQs. Oh, so it just cycles through. So it's Uh not like a, so you just push one. Okay, yeah, that sounds okay. Push the next one. Right. That sounds even better. I like that. Headphones don't come with that feature. It's basically like extra bass or no extra bass. Would you use it? Would you use it? Absolutely, I would. Yeah? Yeah, because I listen to all kinds of, like, I'll listen from relaxation, like birds and water flowing music to, like, hard rock. You know? I listen to a lot of like dubstep, electronica, EDM, um, yeah. vocal trance, anything yeah, so like that. Yeah, so being able to adjust the EQs is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also like that, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm what still you your thunder, but this has got um, a cloud-based app that works through the phone, or through the headphones. Well, would that no do? way. It's a wake, wake up the cloud function. So wake up the cloud yeah. does it tell you more it says the headphone support cloud service users can download the app by scanning the qr code on the last page connect the headset oh. with your phone then double click the mf button to wake up the cloud cloud service is on you can enjoy smart cloud service i have no clue what's on the cloud I have no idea what that's, but that's cool cloud-based headphones specs wise standby time after two hours of charging is going to be about a thousand hours okay yeah these stats excite me oh my goodness 30 hours of Bluetooth music. Yeah. What? That is cool. I um, love the operating temperature range, though. What do you got? It's going <laughs> to be good for Canada? Yeah. Minus 10 to 50. Oh. Minus 10 to 50. Up to 50. So it's not really good for walking around in the winter, but if no. you want to go onto the surface of the sun... You're fine. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I guess that's good because things don't yeah. generally break in cold temperatures. They break in hot temperatures. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. So um, that's cool. Uh, what else have we got? 20 to 20,000 hertz. So it's mm-hmm. full range. I want to give these things a lesson. Yeah, they Can are. Check them out. Amazing. Bluetooth range up to 10 meters. This season always costs cool. me so much money. Oh, I'm every, sorry. If we review things and Bluetooth then they end up mine. Let's, let's see okay. how, this, how this goes. I'm going I'm to push the power button. Okay. I just tapped it and it did nothing. I'm going to hold it. That Power did it. on. Oh, she sounds sultry. <laughs> okay, did let's see if I can stick it. Power on. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. But Instructions little... say power on in quotes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the script that she read as well. Uh, let's see if I can get this synced to my laptop. So I'm going to go okay. into Bluetooth. I'm on Windows 10 here. So let's see what I need to do. Okay. I'm going to clear out my devices and let's give it a go. So I'm going to show you what what it takes here. Okay. So let's add a device. Bluetooth. I'm going to hold... That's my phone. Okay. Pairing mode, you have to hold it until you see the... uh, Oh, it's already there. Hold Mm. the MF button. I didn't have to. It says T-Monitor is connecting. Comparing completed. Okay, sweet. And uh, let's fire up some music. Okay. 
Oh. It's so full. Switch for the EQs. I can't hear you. Oh. The sound isolation is great. Yeah, he knew I was talking. Wait for it. That's goosebumps. Oh. That is awesome. Those are great. <laughs> you guys have no idea what I'm hearing. Absolutely. Who's not. next? I'll do it. I'll do it. Do I'll it? go. Okay. Here you go. This is good. Talk. I want to see what I can hear. Hi, how are you? How are you? I love how she yells it at us. Can you talk? <laughs> can you hear us at all? <laughs> she shook her head. <laughs> She's probably watching the monitor, seeing our lips move. Oh. That's great. They? And they're comfortable. See, the thing I have right now is I have like little earbud things. Okay. And I dislike that. They start to feel uncomfortable? Yeah. It's ready to go. I'm just going to push play for you. I've got a track already ready to go. Multifunction. He's button. like already into the mm -hmm. manual. Well, because I want to check the EQs. Okay. 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 All right. Well, All right. Okay. What have you done? Oh, I killed it. You just pushed stop. <laughs> I thought I hit the multifunction button. Okay. Hit, hit play. Can you, Can you hear me now? Yeah. They look better on me. Yeah. <laughs> Well, what do you think? You can't he hear can't a hear a thing. These are good. <laughs> Joy. <laughs> what do you think? Oh, that's good. good. I'm just going to go listen for the rest of the show. <laughs> so let's see. Okay, so you're, you're having trouble figuring out the buttons. Yeah. Okay, okay let's see. EQ. I couldn't get the EQ to work. Okay. It seems to stop it. Hmm. Oh, I found it. Which one was it? Yep. Push the up and down volume control at the same time. Oh, uh, at the same time. Okay. Go for it. I'm just hitting the power button. Okay, hold on. What do you think? <laughs> well, those are good EQ settings. These uh, sounds if sounds like there's about four different ones. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. It's they a, that's feel what it sounds great. like. Yeah, they do. They feel really light. Mm -hmm. I've got to say, those feel good. How do they look? Like if I was walking, <laughs> I feel like a, a DJ again. <laughs> when we were when we were DJs on radio, we didn't have wireless like this. No, these are streamlined too. Like I feel like they, there's They're just very no. Slick. There's just no extra stuff. Yeah. Now, unlike the ones that we've reviewed in the past, these ones do not have an SD card reader built in. Right. So you have to have a supplemental device to feed the music to it. But They're that's where you use the cloud. I don't know about that. <laughs> you need your phone for that, too. I don't know. I have no idea what the cloud brings you, Jeff. But I'm Rain. honestly, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm streaming music from my phone, from my laptop, and so on. So that's really what I want to do. Those feel great. So those are the Bluteo uh, T uh, monitors, and you can get them at cat5.tv slash Bluteo. And I promised you that I would do this. I know that uh, you want to hear it from the perspective of our dummy head. So we're just going to pop those on for you now and let you give that a go. It's a binaural dummy head. So he hears what you would hear. He'd be moshing right now if he could. We need to get him arms and legs. Wait for the drop. Oh, 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 oh
Oh, those are sleek. Jumping over to GearBest at cap5.tv slash Bluteo, just so that you guys can see. Um, this is in U.S. dollars, twenty five fifty four. amazing. Really great price. They do come in other colors if you're not keen no. on the yellow. Now, Sasha, you're, I know, you're like, no, make it I'm like, yellow. they only come in yellow. All this right. is how I know they're for me. <laughs> they also have a deep love red and black. And they look better... Uh, in person, I think, than I thought they would look from the picture. I'm not a yellow fan. I think I like the yellow the best. Do you? Yeah. Well, it's because you tried them on and they look, they look really They sound great. great. I like the sound of yellow. You like <laughs> That's the right. Of yellow. <laughs> That's the truth. Well, you heard it here, folks. <sighs> <sighs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Too much fun. Should we, uh, should we head over to the newsroom? I guess it's t- I suppose, about that time. suppose we should. flying by tonight. I know. All right. Here are the stories we're covering this week in the Category 5.TV newsroom. NASA is going back to the moon with plans for a space station to be built within 10 years, and they're tapping into private businesses to make it happen. Microsoft has announced that it is enabling users to log into their Microsoft accounts without usernames and passwords. Microsoft's own Surface Book 2 is afflicted by blue screen of death errors following the most recent software updates. And Nintendo has relaxed its rules for video makers who share their gameplay on websites such as Twitch and YouTube. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. This is the Category 5.TV Newsroom. Covering the week's top tech stories with a slight Linux bias. Jeff Weston. Yeah, man. You're building a brand new beautiful website. What? Aren't you? No. Am I? Oh, you're a terrible actor. What? This is where acting comes into play. Oh, I didn't know we were acting. You're supposed to act. Okay, fair enough. All right. I'm building a really cool website. Are you building a really cool website? Just because Jeff is confused doesn't mean you have to be. Visit cat5.tv slash dreamhost to sign up for unlimited web hosting for your website with unlimited email accounts, MySQL databases, the latest version of PHP, WordPress, and more, and even a free domain name registration. It's less than $6 per month, so sign up today. cat5.tv slash dreamhost. Sasha Rickman, and here are the top stories we're following this week. NASA is going back to the moon with plans for a space station to be built within 10 years, and they're tapping into private businesses to make it happen. The announcement on future moon flights came just three days after NASA successfully landed InSight spacecraft on Mars. NASA has announced that it will be private companies that will make America's next moon landing. NASA Administrator Jim Bridenstine said Thursday that nine American companies will compete to carry experiments to the surface of the moon. The space agency said in a statement that the goal is to bring many science and technology experiments to the moon as soon as possible. The first such flight could come as early as next year. In 2019, NASA and people across the United States will mark the 50th anniversary of the first manned landing on the moon. The last time humans visited the moon was in 1972 during NASA's Apollo 17 mission. NASA officials say the goal of the planned space flight is to transport equipment for performing experiments and collecting information about the moon. Some of the companies are expected to develop small launch vehicles or robotic rovers to explore its surface. The research is meant to get help to help astronauts get back to the moon more quickly and keep them safer once they arrive. The space agency says that it will award a total of $2.6 billion to private businesses for the moon effort over the next 10 years. Bridenstine said that NASA wants a lot of companies involved to strengthen competition. He also said he, has, he expects people to have, have regularly working on the moon within 10 years. 
The new partnership is modeled after another NASA program that uses private companies to transport supplies to the International Space Station, or ISS. SpaceX and Northrop Grumman have made ISS shipments since 2012. SpaceX and Boeing are planned to start transporting astronauts to the space station sometime next year. NASA has said it expects work on a new space station laboratory to start as soon as 2022. The new space station would orbit the moon, but it is also expected to serve as a launching point for missions to other parts of the solar system, including the planet Mars. Wow. This is cool. It's I starting. Know. Remember? Well, it's been going for a while. Yeah. But, like, it was the 70s when we last went to the moon? 1972. Yeah. That's wow. crazy. Something like that. I want them to use LIDAR. Can they use LIDAR there? What would you use LIDAR for? I don't know. Cause didn't we use LIDAR before to... There's not a lot of trees on the moon, though. Yeah. <laughs> no, but can't you use it to go subterranean? No. Oh, it's not you? to that degree. Oh. It's, uh, LIDAR is going to... Is, is basically for surface yeah. measuring. So, mm -hmm. so you'd see, like, the rivets and the, the canyons and things like that. Mm -hmm. But it's surface. Could yeah. you discover caves, then? Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. So you could but use it. there's maps on the, the surface of the moon already. To the, for the most part. Yeah? When did they do that? Well, like, you can find maps of the moon all over the place. Like, oh, there's this crater here. and this. Like, they're regularly studying the moon. It'd be interesting once there's a space station orbiting the moon, though. Mm -hmm. I yeah. think about an orbit, and I think about how the distant side of the moon, because the moon doesn't rotate. Right. Um, how it's the kind of... The dark side of the moon? The dark side of the moon um, <laughs> okay. is kind of... Oh, great. We just unmonetized. Um, <laughs> it, luckily, it wasn't recognizable. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of a mystery to us. Yeah, that's true. In a lot of ways. That is true. There are probably aliens on the other side of the moon. I, I don't think that's true. You don't true. think so? Okay. No. no. Right. But I... what I do like about this is that it is pushing the limits of our research and technology. The fact that they mm -hmm. want people to do experiments on the moon within the next mm -hmm. you know, several years is neat. Well, 2022 is not far off, Jeff. No, it's not. But I mean, like, if you think about those um, uh, two twins that went into space... Uh, or the one went into space and the one was on Earth and how their genetic makeup changed yes. being in space. It would be right. neat to see how, um, you know, we do experiments here on Earth and how being in a zero uh, gravity or very right. low, low gravity, gravity in, on the moon, uh, environment would change things. And is that going to change the way that we look at physics and all that kind of stuff? It'd be very interesting to see how it pushes the envelope to say what is possible. At the same time, though, I go, there's probably going to be some stupid person who's going to go, hey, let's use those rocket boosters and see how high we can get. And they're doing a solo spacesuit mission to Well, Mars. that would be the end of the stupid person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. I feel like stupid people don't make it all the way to the moon. Maybe. But is, they is, have to be pretty intelligent to make it all the way to the moon. I hope is so. $2 billion going to be enough? Like, I feel like just a rocket launch a is like $100 million or something. Just for all the fuel and everything. But you know what? SpaceX has been working on reusable yes, that's rockets, true. which is a huge deal. Drives the cost lower. Oh, man, does it ever. Um, and, and being able to go up and down and up and down, like that's revolutionary. That's changing. Mm -hmm. That's right. going to change things for sure. Yeah. I think for me, what is so exciting is this is now three weeks that we've had new NASA, NASA stories. Exactly. New information about Missions to Mars? Yes. Now, the moon? I, what was last week? Last week was Mars, wasn't it? Last week was, it was Mars. was the rover, I think. And there was... A, there there was one, the though. Yeah, this is the third week. NASA. Yeah, but I love space exploration. I love it. I love... I can't wait until it starts. I know. I, mean, I still feel... Because I, as a Star Trek <laughs> fan, I feel like we're... Like, we're just... It's just that we're just it's not so even, small here on Earth. We're, Earth is small, and we're small on Earth. When you see that picture <laughs> from, um, from InSight, looking back from almost to Mars, mm -hmm. looking back toward Earth and seeing the moon and seeing Earth this big in the picture, you think, oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Like, that is astonishing. Like, this, that, that picture blows my mind mm -hmm. because I, I have to put myself into the fact that that is reality. That's a yeah. real yeah. picture. The first time in history and, and mankind has, uh, mankind has done that. 
It's pretty and so neat. It's exciting what could come. Space I, exploration and, and mm-hmm. everything else. Space exploration and deep sea exploration are both my that favorite in- things. That intrigues me as well. Yeah. As a fan of SeaQuest, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're going to conquer space before we conquer the sea, though. Do you really think so? Yeah. Huh. I don't know. Because the sea is finite. It is, but we don't spend enough time exploring the sea. Where space, it's like, oh, look at all I don't know, The last well, time we, we might, landed on the moon was 1972. We might have a space station orbiting the moon. Yeah. And we may have a, a station of some sort on Mars at some point, hopefully within my lifetime, because I'd be really proud to be a part of that Oh, era. I think you will. Yeah. Just don't croak in the next 10 years. I hope not. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> wow. Dark. Microsoft has announced that it is enabling users to log into their Microsoft accounts without usernames and passwords. Instead of passwords, which the tech behemoth has previously described as inconvenient, insecure, and expensive, Windows 10 users can switch to physical security keys or biometrics-based Windows Hello for authentication. Microsoft's announcement says this combination of ease of use, security, and broad industry support is going to be transformational. Every month, more than 800 million people use a Microsoft account to create, connect, and share from anywhere to Outlook, Office, OneDrive, Bing, Skype, and Xbox Live for work and play. And now they can all benefit from this simple user experience and greatly improved security. Beyond the security key, there are also the options to verify users with Windows Window Hello's iris or fingerprint recognition, as well as with the help of the Microsoft Authenticator app for Android and iOS. Don't rush to forget your Windows password just yet, however. There may be a few things to do or eventually buy before you can possibly consign your password to history and use biometrics or PIN to access services such as Outlook, Office, Skype, OneDrive, and Xbox Live. The new authentication option will work only on the company's Edge browser, which began to support the web Often password-free login standard earlier this year. You also need the latest Windows 10 version, which is version 1809, also known as the October 2018 update. Also known. Also as known as. <laughs> living hell. <laughs> right. When I read that earlier, I was edge? like, hmm. You need to use Edge. Edge. Yeah, see that right there. Come on now. Okay, so. Earlier today, I realized that I couldn't remember my password, and yes. I thought to myself, biometrics, that would be a thing. That would be a good thing. But would you use Edge? I would never use Edge. Come on now. But I would, however, so probably like, trust my fingerprint more than I trust my brain. I feel like, and, and that's it, Like our phones now are biometric-based. I'm, I'm actually, I bought my coffee from Starbucks today using biometrics, which was cool. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I've ever done that. So I had to actually put my fingerprint on the fingerprint scanner and it charged my account and, and I'm done. And now my coffee's paid for and I drove away. Right. And I was happy. And it was See? really neat. And I'll eventually get, uh, get a free one after 10 coffees, which is kind of neat. I like that. Yeah. So but biometrics is comfortable. We, we we're kind of living in that world now. Except but I feel like Microsoft is saying... Use. <laughs> edge. Microsoft is saying, okay, we're going to... They're, they're saying we're going to innovate, but really this is just catching up to the, what is expected of you now as a software mm-hmm. vendor. But, um, and they're limiting you? This is like when ActiveX came out. Like, that's yeah. ridiculous. See, yeah. I feel like maybe this is an incorrect assessment, but to me it feels like Microsoft is always behind the game and they're trying to play catch up by forcing you into their stuff. You know what Microsoft is notorious for? Is Blue setting th- absolutely. <laughs> and we're going to talk about that. Yes. And also. <laughs> but they're also notorious for thinking that they can push technology. Yeah, they can't. They can't. They're not go- mm. they're not Google and I say that with all due respect um, there was a time when Microsoft was innovative the leader, and, yeah. and mm-hmm. the leader. Um, that's not who Microsoft is anymore. Microsoft no. is now a follower. And, and as a follower, they think that they can continue to lead. They and, they, and they cannot no. do that with 
the old mindset. The old mindset was Mac versus Windows. And so if you're on Windows, you will do it the way that we say, the way that we set it up for you. Right. Now, there are other options out there, Microsoft, sorry. So I'm using Google Chrome. I'm not about to switch to Microsoft Edge. There is no way in heck. I I second that. I hate using Bing. Oh, Bing is garbage. It's, so It's horrible. You think about that. Might as well go back to Ask Jeeves. Oh, my goodness. That's funny. <laughs> but, there. but Microsoft still has that old mindset where they think that by containerizing the features, mm-hmm. this, this is where Nintendo was a year ago. Yes. Nintendo was here a year ago, and they are finally wising up. They're starting to because people have backlashed. Yeah. Right. Can I ask a question that is more about the biometric side of things? Sure. So for security reasons, because they, they said that it's more secure to use biometrics. My question to you is could, and I just imagine this happening maybe from movies, I don't know. Could somebody reassign your fingerprints as their fingerprint or reassign? Yes. Right? Well, could the it, scary thing is? Yeah. He can unlock my phone. Yeah. <laughs> See? He's my twin. <laughs> See, that's my question. Facial recognition through photos or right. through videos and things yeah. like that. Right. Um, or, or can you like hack into somebody's system and make your iris now their iris so that they can never get into their stuff? We've, only you can. We've had talks with security yeah. professionals in the past mm-hmm. here on the show. Get onto our website, category5.tv. I wish I had it ready for you, but I wasn't, wasn't ready for the question. Um, but we have had that discussion where it's like, who are you? Yeah. Right. Like certain, like phishing scams and everything, ransomware, they go out and they randomly pick people. They're completely random because it's easy. It's, there's not any effort that goes into it from the hacker standpoint to get you to cough up some Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. When it comes to biometrics, how difficult and how much labor and money and, and ability has to go into forging someone's fingerprints and iris in order to access their devices. You have to be that, I'm not that person. Right. I'm not that person who would be susceptible to that attack. Now, if I was the president of a, a financial institution, I might be that person. Right. Then I would need to worry about those types of attacks. And so I would presumably have protection in place for those things. Mm-hmm. It's Burn off worrisome. my fingertips. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not that person that they're going to invest in hacking my Google account. It's still, I guess it's just worrisome to me because I think to myself, I would delve right into this because I have a hard time remembering my passwords and sure. I have a password manager that I, I locked myself out of because I can't remember that password. So, yeah. so I think when it comes to biometrics, there needs to be a fail safe of... Um, you know, what's the way to log in and what's the way to fake log in so that you lock your account. Like, i.e., like with your fingers. Say you use your index finger to unlock your phone, but you set your middle finger as the one that locks down your device. So if you, you know, like, say you're, you know, it was brought up in the chat room, you know, you're crossing the border and a country says, if you want to come in, you need to unlock your phone. We need to see what's on there. And you go, here, <laughs> you, you know, you use the finger and like, the phone locks out. It's, it's like, oh, working. sorry, I can't. I don't know. What to. And then they shoot you in the face. Well, <laughs> Jeff, you got to be careful, man. <laughs> <laughs> Not that far. <laughs> but no, like, I mean, but that does bring into question the idea if all of your devices are locked by biometrics, at what point, from a legal standpoint, can the law enforcement push the envelope because that's a whole mm-hmm. new avenue of being able to get in. I mean, you've got the encryption and, and how many phones have now gone to courts where the police are like, we need access to the phone. We've got to get the fingerprint. Well, they already take your fingerprints when you go there. They already have them. They can unlock all your stuff. Uh, it's so. not the same. I bet but you no, they'd be away. Yeah, but there's laws with all that and if you use it erroneously then it okay. negates anything they find on there. They can't use it in okay. a small court, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Right. But it does bring into question, like, how much of our stuff do we want to be accessible by one access point? It's no different than saying you don't want the same password for all your devices. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. don't want the same password to log into everything because once that's compromised, you're toast. My fingerprint is one password, but but if everything is linked to that, extremely difficult, borderline impossible for an average for now person to hack that. Yeah, but and. How- it is two-factor because they have to have my device. 
but it it doesn't change the fact that it's still possible. I mean, the amount of people that say, "Oh, it's never going to happen to me," and they go, "Ah, yeah. oh, I got caught." I mean, right. how many companies go, "We've got There's nothing perfect. We got bleeding edge security. Nobody's going to hack our database." Nobody oh, would whoops. say that these days. Nobody would say that right. these days. Because so if how they can did, you make the same that's statement how we with biometrics? Know they're liars. That's how we know they're liars. When I get emails, when my customers get emails saying, "We can get you on the first page of Google, guaranteed." No, you can't. You're a liar. Yeah. So I know immediately. Because of that guarantee, that right. presumable guarantee, you are a liar. Right. So I don't trust you automatically. Because nobody can make that guarantee unless I'm paying through the teeth for ad space. Right. And I can do that myself without you. Yeah, I, right. I, still, I, I still bring it into question. I mean, I don't think everything should be linked to biometrics. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I know that that's the way the world's going. But I, I think at the end of the day, if you have everything linked through biometrics, all it takes is one breach and everything is accessible. To me, just to wrap up the thought, my phone, when I use my fingerprint to unlock my phone, Mm -hmm. every so many times, it requires me to also enter my PIN. That's actually true of my phone as well. If my phone is turned off, I have to use my PIN in order to turn it back on. Yes. Yes. So it is two-factor. I cannot turn on my phone without my PIN, and I cannot unlock my phone without either my PIN or my fingerprint. So I have to have both of those things, pin, fingerprint, two-factor. Yes. Plus I have to have the device, which is actually three-factor authentication because I have to have the, the physical actual. device in order to do it. Unless you have the service set up where you can activate it through, say, like if you've got a Samsung phone, the, the Samsung service. It's just like I don't have that. No, I know, but I do. But that, it's, right. it's no different than like calling OnStar and saying, unlock my car. It's the same deal. I don't know anything about it, Jeff. Okay, we'll find that. But I'll tell you what. There's <laughs> nothing that is perfect these days. I think every effort needs to be made in order to secure your devices and your accounts. Sure. Exactly. And that's really all that you can do. So it's really just educating ourselves. Um, we have an extremely intelligent community. Uh, we'd love to know your comments. Please um, email us or comment below if you're watching this uh, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be fantastic. Let us know your thoughts about how you secure your devices, obviously without giving us all the secrets. Right. Don't tell us your password. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we'd love to know what do you recommend in a case like Doubting Thomas over here who thinks that nothing can ever be secure. Or a case like me where I need it to be easy enough that I can actually access my stuff or me who is so trusting that i buy my coffee with my fingerprint right yeah (laughs) i'll never do that so microsoft's own surface book 2 is affected by the afflicted by the blue screen of death errors following the most recent software updates if you're running a surface book 2 you might want to hold off on the latest cumulative update that is making owners irate The blue screen of death first began occurring on the devices shortly after the update KB4467682 was pushed out during last Tuesday's updates. This update is for users of the 1803 build of Windows 10, also known as the April 2018 update. It contains several fixes as well as including some issues relating to the seek bar in Windows Media Player and some .NET problems. Add to that list bricks your Surface Book 2 to the point where you have to reinstall Windows. It isn't a good thing for Microsoft's flagship laptop, especially this close to Christmas. With a high price tag, users write might Right, expect that user that Microsoft's own device should showcase the very best of how Windows should be. While the patch can be uninstalled because it blue screens so quickly, some users have had to resort to reinstalling the operating system from scratch. Brutal. Wow. This is the co- the very company we're talking about who makes the operating system and they make and the then... device and they brick their own device. Can you imagine this? This is happening to you. And so you try to log in and try to remove that KB, and you can't can't, because it blue screens as you're trying. Yeah, just like that. So you just, yeah, lose. I feel like they need to have a better product testing department. They fired them. Or they need to have a product testing department. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Maybe. Like, I just, I think, how many stories have we covered where, like, somehow they royally mess it up? Like, I think of the... the AI chatbot that went mm. really racist really quick. Microsoft's chatbot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they had to pull the plug on that pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like just the amount of... Uh, 
I just don't like that they do these updates that ruin my life at work. <laughs> and this is a case where, okay, this is 1803, so that means people who are not early adopters, right. they're, they're still on April's update exactly. path, yeah. have had their devices bricked. But these are the modern system from Microsoft, so... You would think you would be safe buying the, you know... Yeah, you'd hope so. Yeah, you'd you're hope. not. No. You're not, Sorry, though. folks. You're not. <laughs> Nintendo has relaxed its rules for video makers who share their gameplay on websites such as Twitch and YouTube. Unlike Microsoft and Sony, Nintendo has restricted what it let video makers share online and took a slice of advertising revenue from YouTubers. Its new guidelines lift most of the restrictions and no longer ask, are asking gaming vloggers to register for Nintendo's revenue sharing scheme. Nintendo said it was humbled by its fans' loyalty. Many video makers had complained about Nintendo's policy and avoided sharing gameplay videos online because the company often filed copyright claims on the content. The company said in a statement, As long as you follow some basic rules, we will not object to your use of gameplay footage and or screenshots captured from games which Nintendo owns the copyright. Key points in the new guidelines say, 1. Gamers will be able to share videos playing Nintendo software as long as they include their own creative input or commentary. Two, video makers will be allowed to earn advertising revenue from their videos using approved schemes, including YouTube's partner program and the Twitch partner program. And three, uploading raw gameplay videos without any commentary will not be allowed except for sharing short screen captures using the built-in tools on the Nintendo Switch. The changes were announced shortly before the release of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate this Friday, which is expected to be a popular title for online streamers. Hmm, that's cool. So now we get to start our Nintendo Switch channel. Uh, yeah, and I have a Switch. <laughs> bring it next week. We'll start. Okay, we'll I'll bring it next week. Them. We okay. will test them, and we will find out if this is legit, and we'll see if we demonetize that video. Okay. I, I would Put be interested to, to know what their definition of um, commentary is. For instance, if you <laughs> upload a one-hour video, right. and at the beginning you say, this is me playing my Nintendo Switch, I'm playing this game, and say nothing until the <laughs> no, end and go, Jeff, no, that was, no, it doesn't work that way. I, I know it doesn't, but You're... at what point do they take the creative uh, element out of it and go, sorry, you didn't say enough individual comments, we're not letting you do that. No, I think it's just, it's like royalty-free music. Like, I, yeah. can't, I can't just publish the music online and let people download it from my website. Yes, it's free. Yes, it's mm -hmm. royalty-free. And you can download it for free. But I, if I want to distribute it and redistribute it, I have to put something into it. So whether I rap along or sing along or add my own talking over top and use right. it as a music bed underneath, that's okay. But if I uh, upload a gameplay footage... And you get to hear everything and, and see everything and there's nobody talking and, and, and reacting to it, then right. that's where they have a, an issue. See, what I think's going to happen, uh, I feel horrible for saying this, and somebody's probably going to you know, yell at me on YouTube, is we're going to get or a bunch of kids going, so I'm playing my game and this is Jeff, what I got an image It already of happens. I know, but it's like, that's it's, real there's going to be more yeah. of this. And it's like, that's oh. the, you know what sucks is that we are trying to compete against those people for I monetization. Know, that's driving I know, nuts. <laughs> this is hot stuff. People oh. love that sort of stuff. Oh, oh I, absolutely. I don't. If I'm going to watch a review, I want it to be informative and be like, okay, so this is absolutely. the issue you're running into. You want to go here and do this. Right, 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 right. But that's you're an adult. I know. My kids, like... My eight-year-old absolutely loves watching kids doing stuff on YouTube. That's and real. it's brilliant. And I'm I like so, watching cats. And and if I was that parent of those children who are making those videos, I'd be so proud that they're doing it. That they're yeah. making. That, yeah, that's a college fund right there. Oh, They've monetized yeah. their own stuff. The top earners on YouTube are kids, okay. essentially. Like they're just playing video games or to unboxing us. toys. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, according to CoinGecko, here's what the crypto market looked like as of, looks like about uh, 1,800 hours. Wow, we shot this, Wednesday, December 5th, 2018. This week, Bitcoin went down even further, $3,722 US. 
that is a drop of about $469 over last week. So it continues to decline. Of course, Bitcoin being what controls the market, it is affecting other coins as well. Litecoin is down to $29.40 per Litecoin. That's a loss of $5.10 US. Ethereum is down to 103.56, which is a loss of $18.11. Everything's going down, uh, including Monero, which is really hurting right now, $52.74 per Monero. When I started mining Monero, it was up about 200 bucks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's another loss of about $10.36 over the past seven days. Stellite, the little guys, um, they're pretty static. Um, this week, they're at $2 and, or pardon me, not $2.56, uh, 2.56 thousandths of a cent. These are really little uh, coins. Turtle coin, uh, and, and so that's about what they had last week. 2.57 mm-hmm. is last week's total. Mm-hmm. Um, turtle coin down as well, lost 0.14 ten thousandths of a cent. So that is putting them at 0.42 ten thousandths of a cent. Knowing that TurtleCoin, for example, is based, the value of TurtleCoin is based on Stellite, which is uh, a billionth, I believe, of a a Bitcoin. So because Bitcoin is down, of course, you're going to see other currencies like TurtleCoin go down as well because it's based on that. So you can think of the U.S. dollar and how the Canadian dollar really plays on to the U.S. dollar. And our value of our currency here in Canada is based upon the value of how it matches up to the U.S. dollar. So similarly, that's what we see with cryptocurrency as well. Jeff, last week you had some commentary that you wanted to add, and I cut you off. And after the show, we had a little bit of talk. What do you think is affecting cryptocurrency right now? Uh, I don't remember. The you don't remember the conversation. I don't remember the conversation. We talked a little bit about it, and and I theorize, and and you know, I I think that a lot of it has to do with people not really understanding how cryptocurrency oh, yes. operates yes. and how cryptocurrency. Right, 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 right. So there's almost um, becoming a bit of a stigma around cryptocurrency where yep. people start to think of it as a hacker coin. Yes. Right. Yep. So yep, exactly. it's a bad thing because mm-hmm. whenever I hear about ransomware, I hear Bitcoin is involved. Mm-hmm. Well, Bitcoin and, and various cryptocurrencies being uh, Monero is a perfect example of an untraceable coin. So uh, if uh, a hacker were to encrypt your files and demand Monero, it's because they can't, you can't, the government can't trace that transaction. Right. They can't figure out who you paid that to. Uh, right. So that puts a really bad spin on cryptocurrency. And I think mm-hmm. that because the general population really controls how much is being invested and how much is being mined and and everything else, then that really has an impact on the current standing. It's true. Mm -hmm. And one of the other reasons, um, so now that you've mentioned that, it's jogging Mm -hmm. my memory. Okay. Uh, (coughs) One of the other reasons why I believe that uh, it's struggling is because in the last couple of months, we've had a lot of environmental impact conversations about the cost of mining Bitcoin. And so for that reason, you've got people freaking out going, it's more costly to mine Bitcoin than it is to physically mine gold. Yeah. When you factor in the ratio and the, and the dollar value. So, you know, stuff like that. And people are going, why? I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm getting out of Bitcoin. I don't want to do that anymore. And I've, it's like any other Our commodity. People. When people wow. walk away, the value goes down. So what right. is interesting there is we know that N- Nvidia stocks are way down. Yes. That's and true. And they're struggling. And so if people are losing a little bit of faith in their mining rig. Now, all of a sudden, on the market, the market becomes saturated with used video cards. Yes. Right. Right? GPUs. Because the mining rigs are shutting down. If that's presumably the case, I I don't know. But there's a good theory for you. Mm -hmm. If the mining rigs shut down, well, what do I do? I get on eBay and I sell off my mining rig, which is a bunch of great GPUs. 1070s, 1080s, and, and things like that. So now, NVIDIA starts to plummet because nobody's buying them direct. They're not buying the new cards. They're buying these used ones that have been used for mining. Yeah, it would be so interesting to see if somebody came up with a new coin that wasn't uh, compared to the Bitcoin. It wasn't, you know, valued against Shitoshis. Mm-hmm. Because Satoshis. Yeah. Satoshis. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to see because right now everything is linked to it. So as it drops, everything else drops. So if somebody came along and said, you know what? We've got a whole new coin. It's based on a different algorithm. It's not even linked to that. It's a whole new way of looking at it. And to see how that takes off and somebody goes, oh, if I throw my mining rig into that, think how much I can gain and it changes the market. Like, it would be very interesting. It would be no different than if, if the global economy said, you know, we're, not, we're no longer investing in the U.S. dollar. We want to go to the euro. 
and if the euro became the benchmark currency, how it would change the game. Yeah. It'd, it'd be interesting to see, and if it could be mm-hmm. done. I don't know. Regardless, I mean, it's the whole market yep. that's affected. So uh, just a reminder that uh, cryptocurrency is always volatile and is always changing. Mm-hmm. The values fluctuate. We give you a weekly stat as of today when we're filming. But realistically, I mean, through the week, it drops and it rises mm-hmm. and it drops and it rises. The market never closes. It's not like the stock market that closes at 5 p.m. and everyone goes home. No, right. it's 24-7, so it's yeah. always changing. Uh, and we will have updates as they come for you. Thank you. And big thanks to Roy W. Nash and our community of viewers for submitting stories to us this week. Thanks for watching the Category5.tv newsroom. Don't forget to like and subscribe for all your tech news with a slight Linux bias. And for more free content, be sure to check out our website. From the Category5.tv newsroom, I'm Sasha Rickman. I'm Robbie Ferguson. And I'm Jeff Weston. Thank you so much for being here with us again this week. I hope you've had fun. It's been great being here with you, and uh, I look forward to seeing you again next week. Every week, we look forward to it. That's true. We look forward to it. Yeah. And I hope you do, too. We'll see you next week. Bye.